Depression is a motherfucker. But there is help out there. I urge you that if you are depressed and have thoughts of suicide, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. And if that's not there, I'd also like to support the Trevor Foundation. You can find them at trevorfoundation.org. This is Nicholas Dye from Nowhere, California and the Ectopod. Remember, there is help out there and you are not alone. Do you like what's going on? Then vote. If you don't like what's going on, then fucking vote. Get out, get informed, and vote. Great place to start is nerdsvote.com. You are now entering Nowhere, California. If you love what you hear, you can find us on your favorite podcast search engines and subscribe. And also, if you don't mind, leave us a like or a review. And if hearing us is not enough, you can always get your Nowhere California fix by going to NowhereCalifornia.com. And you can send your thoughts, ideas, or some random bullshit to our email, which is Nowhere underscore California at Yahoo.com. Don't forget, we are Nowhere California. Ideas from everywhere, voices from nowhere since 2011. Josh. This is Nick. And welcome to Nowhere, California. This is one of those rare moments that we're going to have episodes firing off two Thursdays in a row. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we are. Yeah. What? I'm sorry, do I seem a little short? A little. You traitorous motherfucker. What? Did you seriously do a comic review on Pastrami Nation? Hey, hey, I'm not stepping down on Nowhere. I just got to get some strange sometimes. All right, I guess I can respect that. (laughs) Nolan and Jason throw some pretty good strange. Yeah. Uh, If you guys haven't had a chance to check it out, go over to pastraminationcom the meat of pop culture. Yes. And uh, some of our, they've been friends of mine for a long time, and now they're friends of both of ours. Yeah. Um, Have invited us in. We've done uh, simulcasts on our podcast with them on free comic book day. Yeah. Um, PastramiNation.com. Josh did a review of? Uh, Broken Gargoyles. Yeah. That's a really... I was super fascinated by the synopsis on it. Yeah, it's a freaking kick-ass comic book. Like, uh, I'm kind of hoping to get my hands maybe through more reviews right. on other issues. But so industrial United States post World War. Oh, yeah, I. very steampunk. Very cool, man. Yeah, I, and, and it's like this roving band of vigilantes kind of taking back their uh, honor because they came home from the war and people forgot about them. But then there's also other veterans that are trying to find their way in the world. And That's kind of cool that it yeah, touches on that. You yeah. know, like it has some modern, some very, well, I shouldn't say modern. It has some very ongoing themes with, with men and women and, in the military yeah. going from shell shock back then yeah. all the way up to PTSD with today's Definitely people, recommend so. checking out that book and, of course, checking out Press Trauma Nation because, well, they let me write something. Well, they're <laughs> fantastic. They're, they've never been excluded, like, you know, they've never excluded people from anything. They've always been willing to invite us in to do stuff. Exactly. And, um... You know, they're, they're more than willing to help another podcast or another writing group or whatever. Work, you know, a website, build themselves up. And um, they have really done their due diligence. And you had a pretty interesting reaction when you read mine because you didn't notice the byline first. I did not. I didn't see the writer on it. And so I was reading along. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to go out on a limb here. I mean, uh, your fucking writing skills are, are pretty on point, sir. Thank you. I was impressed. Uh, your your command of the written English language is pretty fucking cool. Um, 
if you haven't had a chance to check it out, please get over to Pastrami Nation. And, uh, check and look, all their yeah, stuff. Look, look at all of their stuff. They review all kinds of stuff, and they're they're really on every multimedia platform. Right. And they're um, very active on their site online. They absolutely us. are. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Nolan and Jason, um, they have had their struggles, man, family-wise, all kinds of stuff, different things that have gone on, and yet they just dig in the trenches and, and put out quality quality product every single time yeah. so yeah feel free jump over and support them and in turn support nowherecalifornia.com and, that, and that's sucking their dick so let's <laughs> yeah my jaw is getting a little sore so yeah. we're in a nostalgia world and recently there there's been an announcement of another remake i'm i would label it as or i see i'm, I'm tired of like i get the reboot idea yeah i i think this is more of a remake it's definitely not a sequel yeah it's definitely and it's not a reimagined it more reimagining than reboot i think so as well um and i'm really pleased with the casting um yeah. if you are familiar with the original john candy steve martin classic the john hughes classic yeah john hughes classic uh planes trains and automobiles uh, it was announced today, correct? I believe so. Today, um, we'll say today because we'll say this today will be out until yeah, next this, week. This will drop next week, so we'll semi-scoop it. Yeah. Um, they're doing a remake of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles starring Will Smith and yeah. Kevin Hart. A good pairing. I think that's a fantastic pairing. Um, I really would love to see... If Kevin Hart is going to play the, uh, the down-and-out schlub that John Candy did... Um, I think that would be perfect reversal. I think so as well, because I would love to see... Because, I mean, it, it has its hysterical moments. Yeah. And the whole movie is hysterical, but in true John Hughes fashion, has a very tender and heart-wrenching... Well, not heart-wrenching, but just warm poignant. and tender and poignant. Very, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a great word for it. Poignant uh, moments throughout the film and, and towards the ending of the original. So if they, if they keep to that, I would love to see Kevin Hart rise to that. And, yeah. and, you and know, see Will Smith put his hands between his butts. <laughs> Those <laughs> are pillows. Oh my God! I forgot about that scene. Yeah. Uh, well, that, I, see, I was thinking about the scene in front of the airport where the, the dude grabs him by the balls and picks him up. Yeah. <laughs> and he just keeps getting him in so much shit. Um, it would be fantastic. You had actually said that you know if if Will Smith hadn't been involved, going with our new modern you comedy know, duo. Yeah. yeah. If let's say randomly Will Smith for one reason or another has to back out of the role, might as well. Go back to uh, the well with Kevin Hart and Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, but then what was your idea? I love. I it. would have Kevin Hart play the Steve Martin role and have Dwayne Johnson play the John Candy role, but also do. I didn't mention this during our conversation. The way he, uh, Dwayne Johnson was in Central Intelligence. The, yeah. Like, I need to be loved. Yes. Character, the really happy-go-lucky guy. I would could see him playing that up what? as the John Candy. Like, hey, I, I want. I want to be around new people. <laughs> it, would, it would just be so fascinating to watch Kevin Hart's, like, Jesus, jerk reactions because he's got this lovable, gentle, fucking giant oh, God, sitting yeah. next to him. You know, and the whole, where you can incorporate, uh, where you tap into, you know, Kevin's fear of wild animals and, you know, weird shit. Oh, yeah. And just basically treat The Rock like he's just this big wild animal that he knows nothing about. And oh, yeah. And this man could eat him or kill him at any fucking time. Well, like, time. the prime <laughs> example for that whole thing, and, and they wouldn't have to have a fight scene in the Plane, Trains, and Automobiles remake. Right. Is a scene in Central Intelligence where they're at the bar and Dwayne Johnson just annihilates everybody. He's like, I don't like bullies. Yeah. 
I can see that playing like really poignant, like something from his past with his wife and everything. Yeah. Or you're just like, I just want bullies. It would uh, it would be very interesting, but I. I I think Will Smith and Kevin Hart oh, going to be are going to knock that shit out of the park. Oh, yeah. um, you know, watching, you know, Will has such a range anyway. Yeah. Um, and Kevin, comedically, is just unbeatable. Oh, yeah. But Perfect. he's such a motivational force as well, too. I don't think it's going to be, this is going to be one of those moments where you get your punch drunk love, where you get your... Uh, eternal sunshine on the spotless mind. Yeah. Well, it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those where it's gonna honor the John Hughes original yes. because it's not gonna be like oh we're just doing this for laughs. It's like no we're gonna stick to the ups and downs. Yeah. And uh, I I just I'm looking forward to it. I think it's a great casting. This is one that I'm not upset about them remaking yeah, yeah. Uh, for a newer generation. I think it's it's a, it's a solid choice. From one comedy duo to another because yes, fingers crossed it gets. Post the correct amount of time. You're getting this on August 27th. You the magic man. This is yeah, going to be out when it. it should be. In a mere, let's just say, few hours. Yes. Just depending on what time I do actually post this. <laughs> a few hours or maybe post. No, it's not going to be fucking post hours. You're going to get it done. I am. You're a legit badass. You're going to yeah. get it done. It will be time to face the music. Yes, it will, man. Oh. After, let's say, more than 10 year wait. <laughs> More than 10-year wait and a very dedicated writing staff yeah. in Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon. Writing staff and freaking uh, Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves keeping that freaking flame lit because it's easy for, honestly, Keanu could have been just like, I'm doing Matrix again, fuck this. But we know he's not that guy. Yeah. He, he, you know, and it's not like Alex Winter has been at a shortage of things oh to God, do. Oh, God, no. He's been directing all sorts of stuff and yeah. writing things. He's been producing. Yeah. Um, we, I, I have to double check, but I think you had said that he, he's a producer on uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music. I believe so. Uh, it's funny, too, how, like, in the past, uh, Keanu Reeves was kind of like, oh, fuck. Because in one of the IMDb trivias for, I think it was the first one, he, mm -hmm. had, he said in an interview... On my gravestone is going to be like Keanu Reeves. He was Ted. <laughs> it's, but, but now he's, he's so, like embraced yeah, he's, it. Man, he has transcended it. And honestly, you know, like we've opted to do at the end of each episode, um, they've inspired us to be excellent to each yeah. other. And in this day and age, and especially in this maniacal fucking year that we live oh, in. Oh God, yeah. We um, need Bill and Ted. Yeah, now. just we need another shot. The of positivity Lost of those two is unbelievable you know and um it, it to say it started in 1989 with the release of bill and ted's excellent adventure yeah. would not do it enough justice this is the brainchild much much like uh nowhere california is the love heart and brainchild of, of one joshua gilmore who also writes in pastrami nation <laughs> um i'm not a whore you're kind of a whore they didn't um, pay me uh, shut up you're still a, okay <laughs> so it makes you slut no okay. slut shaming i'm sorry let's get back on topic okay so uh it would be remiss of me to say it started in 1989 ed solomon and chris matheson came together when they were doing um like don't i, I think it was second city or yeah it might have yeah, been because the characters were stand-up yeah it was stand-up sketch that they did and they decided there was to a just, third there's bob right um, but then when they split away from that, it was just the two of them would go around doing these characters. And when it came time for them to introduce it as a screenplay, they were so involved with everything from, from the writing aspect to the casting aspect. And it was funny because um, that morning that they cast for Bill and Ted, Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves actually ran into each other and kind of made friends 
prior yeah. to ever getting to the studio to do, you know, their, their uh, audition, audition location. Yeah. And um, if you get a chance, by the way, go to Nerdist. Um, they have a feature on there um, where it's their initial... Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're audition and they're, they're testing for it where you have Keanu Reeves reading for Bill S. Preston Esquire and you have Alex Winter reading for Ted Theodore Logan. So fucking and weird. And it's super <laughs> fucking weird. Well, Not like, that they did a bad job. It's just well, you're so used to them. The example of how fucking weird it was is the scene from the initial movie where they're studying in the room yeah. and it's Bill's stepmom. Right. Yeah, it's Bill's Missy, the yeah. one they went to school with, who's married to Bill's dad. Yeah, and and but it's Alex Winter playing Ted, yeah. checking out Missy. But it's then not in your the mom, dude. And in, yeah. in the movie, it's his mom. Yeah, <laughs> it's all um, fucking. But weird. you can see where the hand on the chest and the arm extended thing comes into was play. It, it was. It looks like something that Alex Winter came up with. Um, because everything it, that I saw in that audition sequence, he put. He was the one. That it was put in his the trivia. Out. Where okay. it was, it was. I think it was Alice Winter thought that would be the thing they would do, and it fucking is, it man. And look, I mean, look in the trailer the, when they go to the future in this one. Yeah, they immediately put their hand on their chest and put their hands. But then everybody kind of calls them yeah, out. Yeah, like, calls them all their bullshit. Like, like fuck, fuck you. you with your be excellent to each other. Make your song, your, guys. Right, <laughs> write your shit. Let's handle but your also stuff. Also, another really interesting thing about the first movie. Initially, it was almost going to be dumped on cable. It was the initial um, studio. Forget the name because it's gone. Yes. Um, had it but went bankrupt and and it, Orion snatched it, it up and Orion snatched it up before it was going to become a just direct to cable yeah. fodder and that's the thing too in the same realm as Spaceballs the, my first like taste of Bill and Ted my first viewings of it were on like KTLA 5 all censored and whatnot. <laughs> which isn't horrible but you miss out on some great quotes exactly medieval dickweed you know yeah. like that's there's some great ones on there, and I'm sure they censor out every, I know it's bad now, but every, you know, fag, yeah. you know, sort of thing. I wonder if they're going to touch upon that in you know Face what? of Music. <sighs> Just kind of that nod to, like, yeah, we know we made this joke in the past. Honestly, I, I think in this, in well, this very saying apologetic the culture, in this very cancel culture situation, yeah. knowing how they've evolved, I think that maybe... Well, I don't mean them saying the actual word. Okay. I mean them, like... Even about to say it and have their daughters go, Dad, shut up. You Maybe. You be, basically have them getting called out on their bullshit. It would, yeah, it would be kind of funny to see them get kind of smacked around for you. Dude, you can't do that anymore. Yeah. Um, or, or even that, have Bill about to say it and Ted go, Dude, no. Dude, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. you know, that We're sort of thing. Because they that. did do, <laughs> you know, right? They did, uh, which, damn it, they were that close. Um, <laughs> you know, they did it in both Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey. Yeah. Um, and so... Product of its time. That's it, the best it way. It very to, much was, you know. It's, kind it, of do, to do the traditional nowhere thing of swerving off the freeway real quick. Uh, what? We're yeah. going off the road? HBO Max, uh, I guess, recently announced that they're going to put a little bit of a disclaimer in front of Blazing Saddles on their streaming thing. Because the N-word? Well, everything in that damn movie. <laughs> but mean, also... I. With like we're talking about the world we live in right now, <laughs> I'm fucking laughing just thinking about Blazing Saddles. That's how good it, that it's movie. an awesome <laughs> movie, and it, it was a discussion that was popping up on my <laughs> Facebook feed, and I I shut it down completely because everybody was like, "Oh fuck that," and everybody was like, "Yeah." I'm like, Mel Brooks is still alive. Have him write it. Have him write the disclaimer. And, and read the disclaimer. Yeah, I think it'd be fucking hilarious. Because if I he did. know Mel Brooks is. Compassion enough is smart enough to go like I know why and this is how I'm going to say it to make sure everybody knows 
Enjoy the fucking movie. And, and it's, look, fuck people. We can't go back and erase and apologize yeah. every fucking thing that has happened. Yeah. And really, I don't think this, you know, for, from a man who has made a career out of just slut-shaming Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't. He didn't come at this from a biased thing. And, that, or, and I know, think that's the reason to have attitude, you know? And they'll do it because it's like he can remind, hey, the reason I did this in the first place was to yeah, make fun of this crap. tongue in cheek. Yeah, know, but back to Bill. It's just funny. There. So, anyway, yeah. it'd, be not, it'd be cool to just see either the daughters or Bill or Ted tell me, I'm like, dude. dude okay. I'll, I'll tell you right now, man. In, in, in 1989, when this movie came out, uh, I was. In seventh, grade? eighth grade, eighth grade. Oh, shut, no. <laughs> shut your whore mouth. Um, so <laughs> to jump in our no to jump into my phone booth and go back in time. 1989, this movie came out, and I was floored. I literally had it on VHS and watched it over and over again throughout the majority of my high school years. Oh, it's a cla- It's one of those go-to high school movies. The soundtrack, you know, I'm a huge oh. soundtrack guy. The soundtrack's fucking amazing. The soundtrack is phenomenal. Um, you get a great song by Extreme, you know, Do You Want to Play, which is, you know, the one when they're doing the mall chase and trying to get Napoleon out of Waterloo. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, which, uh, again, another bit of movie genius, which a lot of people don't pick up on. Go back and watch the original when, he's, when he gets thrown out of the, the bowling alley. And he's like, you know, buddy, pay, and he doesn't understand, and they throw him the fuck out. And he gets out, gets up, puts his hat on, dusts himself off, and it's playing some very somber, but, you know, like triumphant kind of music. And he straightens his Ziggy Pig badge and tucks his, puts his hand into his, you know, his, his uh, vest and marches off as proud as he fucking can. <laughs> and it's just such a funny, written, well-written moment. Well, it's like uh, a lot of them, even, well, like throughout the, each uh, historical figure being picked up and... Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You know, and, and uh, you know, Abraham Lincoln, the whole, the awkwardness when, when uh, Billy the Kid and, and Socrates Johnson <laughs> are <laughs> at the mall and they're trying to flirt with the girls and Sigmund Freud walks up with, the hot, with a corn dog. Yeah. <laughs> and just... They said geek, and then that's the first thing Socrates does is turn. He goes, <laughs> geek. <laughs> and it's just so fucking funny, you know? And it ends with just this wonderful, warm, you know, presentation. And I didn't know. know there was a deleted prom scene. I have yet to see it. That's the thing I'm wondering with the new one coming and everything. I haven't seen any listings for Wouldn't it. Wouldn't that be awesome if they included it in, like, a home movie? Yeah. Sort of thing where it shows them at the prom. So, yeah. you know, like that would be kind of cool. Well, supposedly in the back of a VHS copy, I don't know if it was Canada or in the States, there was a picture of them dressed for prom. I've seen this. One yeah. of them's wearing the ruffled collar. Yeah. Yeah. I have the seen that picture. Are... Yeah. I, I do remember that, that they were going to take them to prom. That's yeah. right. Because he does say that. When he, he does. You want to go to prom? Yeah. When he's like, dude, those are, you know, most bodacious <laughs> lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you, you jump ahead. A couple years, well, 1991. Well, to, before we jump, we got to okay. talk about Carlin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would be super remiss since I'm staring at your Carlin shirt. Yeah. The uh, one you wore during uh, Vegas this past weekend? I did. I not, wore it in Vegas. Not, not my shirt. No, he, he, I wore it in he, honor he, of George and his, his tenure he, in he Vegas. He bought his own shirt. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I wore it in, in honor of George's tenure in Vegas. Yeah. And um, it also, you know, of course I wore it on July 23rd. Uh, yeah. If you don't know what that is, look mm-hmm. it up. 
Yeah, the anniversary uh, of the infamous, the infamous Minneapolis, Minnesota incident. Uh, yeah, seven things you can't say and and uh, violation yeah, he, of uh, decency laws. He is the three man. Honestly, he's Rufus in he the, is yeah, Bill and Ted world. And one thing I was reading through the trivia and everything, he initially wasn't even like thought of. They were wanting someone like. Like freaking Sean Connery or something in that. So glad they stuck with George. Uh, exactly. I think they probably he he probably auditioned and they're like, oh, he's it. You know, and and just the way he carried through into uh, Bogus Journey. Yeah, and that's a good way to say <clears throat> into Bogus Journey. Well, <laughs> now you stopped me dead in my tracks, which is a good point because in 1990 to 1991, there was an animated series. Oh, yes. And very rarely does this happen. The original actors, yep. both Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves, and George Carlin as Rufus, reprised their roles on the animated show, and it ran two full seasons. Well, you had to think, probably during that time, Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves were probably not actively right. in the acting world, and Carlin, stand-up and everything, was probably thinking, like, sure. To me, I wonder if it had something to do with the fact that they knew the sequel was going to be coming. Yeah. Uh, and if they were already set up for that, did it just seem like, look, boys, we're going to keep you busy for the next solid five years. Yeah. We got an idea for a cartoon. Films, this and cartoon and maybe even a third, you know. We'll or see maybe a live action series. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. And let me Throughout tell you. Throughout our research, we, we stumbled, stumbled across this dark horse. So I typed in Bill and Ted on IMDb just so I could make sure I had my dates fresh on releases. I come across 2020, Bill and Ted Face Music. 1989, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. 1991, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. 1990 to 1991, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, <laughs> the animated series. And then 1992, TV series, eight episodes, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, which starred Evan Richards as Bill S. Preston Esquire Look and Christopher Kennedy. Dorks. Uh, if you go on the IMD page, Christopher Kennedy didn't have a fucking photo. Yeah. Um, he played Ted. And then uh, the dude who played Rufus almost looks like an old, like he looks like a mix between Rob Reiner and... The dude from David, uh, I can't remember his last name, from Stranger Things. Oh, uh, the, the yes. sheriff. From, the sheriff from yeah. Stranger Things or Hellboy yeah, or um, uh, uh, the upcoming Black Widow. Yeah. He's going to play the uh, Red Patriot and all yeah. that stuff. But I was like, the hell? So, yeah. you know, it was, it was yeah, an interesting journey for right these guys. Now can listen, remember the Zombieland idea for a TV series. Yeah. It was in, it, from the picture alone, it was in that vein. It of like, was very much in that vein. They were trying to strike the anvil, and, and uh, it, it missed. Fucking missed hard. Eight episodes it, now, it, we're done. They, they hit their nuts on this one. Yeah, it was it was really bad, but, you know, luckily... Um, Knowing my, my glutton for punishment, I probably will be doing a little YouTube diving on this one. Don't say, and this is the thing that, w that, that kills me, because, you know, honestly, if we go to, on a side note, if we go to Frankenstein's, we might be able to find somebody because you can find old wrestling matches and all kinds of oh, old yeah. TV shows. Somebody has to have a bootleg. Somebody might have a bootleg of that floating around somewhere. Oh, yeah. But I'll, I'll tell you right now, it's weird because it was 1992 to nothing because yeah. it ended eight seasons yeah. in, which yeah. is odd because it followed 1991's bogus journey. It be, it, and it doesn't touch on any of that shit. And they're probably like, people watch it going like, Fuck this. Right? <laughs> it was kind of like the uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off television series. Oh, God. Dude, <laughs> Jennifer Aniston yeah. one of her first <laughs> well I've been roaming through Peacock and I'm like they're like Peacock is missing that they're missing their one and done's 
<laughs> because I would love to watch at least one episode of that horrendous show. It's, the problem is I don't think they want to pay the money to have to fucking send her. Could you imagine Jennifer Aniston walking out to her mailbox and getting a royalty check for like a hundred and something bucks? Oh, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> but that'd be, oh. A lot it's of people so don't even care about Peacock right now anyways because they're like, oh, it's stupid. They don't have anything on there. Honestly, it doesn't. It, it, right. But still, psych, nonetheless. Psych the second movie, um, when uh, Saved by the Bell and Punky Brewster uh, sequel series, start, yeah. that's probably going to be it. Did, did you see the new trailer for the Saved by the Bell? No. They make a caffeine pill joke. Oh, my God. It's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. That was one of my favorite episodes. I'll probably edit it, this out, but it's. I think it's Zach's kid uh-huh. is offering caffeine pills to a girl. And Jesse runs out of nowhere, smacks it out of his hand, going, No! <laughs> At first, you're going to be so excited. You're going to be even more excited. Then you're going to be so scared. It's <laughs> fucking hilarious. Yeah. As soon as I saw that, I was like, Okay, I'm in. Right? <laughs> um, so let's jump ahead now. To Bogus uh, Journey. To what, I'm sorry? Bogus? Yes. Um, Bogus Journey. Or what it was going to be called, Bill and Ted Bill go, and to, go to Hell. Uh, but um, us Americans don't like hell. We don't. You know, us <laughs> God-fearing country folk don't like our hell. Uh, now, let alone the two upstanding American icons like Bill and Ted going to hell. Uh, which, fuck them, they did anyways. Yeah. It makes perfect sense, you know, because as soon as they saw the Iron Maiden in medieval times, they were like, Iron Maiden! Yeah. And they even make fucking jokes. This dude, you know, like, this looks like... Well, actually, when they're falling, like, Bill, you know, I want you to have my Iron Maiden collection or something yeah. like that. You know, it's... it's Or my Ronnie James Dio collection. or I can't remember what the, the what it was off the top of my head, but, you know, they they get sent to hell. One of them is Ted is going to get stuck at Oates Military Academy, and so the boys run from there, and then they wind up at the birthday party and the Easter bunny and all that shit with Bill. And yeah, still in his brother's candy. So and then they yeah. challenge death. Yeah. Played by the amazing William Sadler. Oh, God, yeah. And, uh, dude, well, I was floored at what an addition he was. When they when they keep playing him and beating him at games like electronic football, yeah. the tabletop football, the fucking <laughs> twister, uh, chess Battleship Battleship You have sunk my battleship So fucking funny And you know And when they're like Let me guess Best you know Best five out of seven yeah. Damn straight <laughs> You know When he loses his shit well, The thing that led it Into that though In the future Where What's the villain's name Chuck Denomalous Shows up to the <laughs> Bill and Ted University Fucking we've come Full circle to the apple Yep <laughs> I, I, I know we had to Touch on that <laughs> But Jesus. he goes in and sends two evil robots. Yes, two evil robots to uh, take over Bill and Ted's lives. And kill them. And kill them. And, uh, and they do, and they disband the Wild Stallions, and everything goes kind of fucking nuts. And uh, Yeah, and it's... Uh, they travel through hell. Yeah, they travel through hell, and they, they battle uh, the Reaper yeah. after melvining him. Yep. They <laughs> melvined me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then they go to heaven, and uh, they meet Station. Yeah. Who helps him create which good I, robots. Which I read that it wasn't station at first, but they don't explain what the word was. The writers were drunk when they wrote that part of the script. 
<laughs> and they were like, why did we write Station? And they were like, fuck it. Let's roll with it. so <laughs> funny because you get, uh, and I can't think of his name from Faith No More because they're, they're showing history the, classes the in the future before yeah. uh, Chuck Denomalo shows up. And the uh, guitarist from Faith No More is there. And, and they're like, yeah, we got Johann Sebastian Bach. And then we had all these people. And he comes out and he goes, Station! And they're all, Station! So they know who this person is. Yeah. They just never really Show touch him. on it if it's... They know him because of what they did in the past when Wild Stallions finally come together and they played the Battle of the Bands and it's broadcast globally and that's the start of everything. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it takes you to the future where there's a showdown between the boys and Chuck Denomalous and they're like, well, we'll go back in time and do this and we'll go back in time and do this. And he's like, ah, but what if I go back in time and do this and blah, blah, blah. And it goes back and forth till they eventually battle one another and then you find out that the, the teacher, the female teacher that's been helping them the whole time unzips and... It's George. It's George. And it's Rufus. Rufus comes back and he's the Obi-Wan to Chuck Denomalous' <laughs> Vader. Yeah. Uh, very thinly veiled. Yeah. And, well, uh, initially, in an early version of the Bogus Journey script, Rufus was supposed to be the villain. That would have been fucking horrible. And that's probably the reason. We wouldn't be having this talk today, I think. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, You know, if there's something that I've learned over the years, it is how absolutely loved George Carlin is. You don't fuck with the formula. No, you really don't. And so um, it ends. I get there, you know, the battle, Battle of the Bands. They play Kisses. God gave rock and roll to you. To this day, still gives me fucking goosebumps. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, they travel into the future, do an extensive six-month training, you know, on guitar. And they come back, and Bill's got a goatee that looks like he's easy tops. And, yeah. uh, you know, and They're both supposed like to have, in the, the trivia world, they were yeah. supposed to be in the realm of ZZ Top. Now, it's funny because this is the first time we actually see Bill and Ted's children. Yeah. Uh, they hand them off, and, you know, the nannies take them away, and the girls are part of the band. So are the robots. So yeah. is fucking Beth. You know, and, and, station. And, uh, and station, stations in there too, and with his um, large ass, with his big juicy butt. Yeah, and uh, the guys just rock it, and it's seen broadcast worldwide, and and it's left you to believe that they're the greatest band that's on the planet. And somewhere between there and 19 years later, hey, we get face the music. They just fizzle the fuck out. So yeah. they never write the song that unites the planets yeah. and aligns the universe. And so the premise of this, from what we've been able to ascertain from the trailer, yeah, and trailers is, and clips and yeah. The, the future uh, powers that be <laughs> have basically said, you have one night, tonight, to write the song yeah, that will unite the, everything. Yeah. Meanwhile, their kids are off getting historical figures together, saying, do you want to be part of our band? You know what? So I think it's going to be one big thing that kind of comes together. Like, they go to visit, the world. Yeah, they go visit Death again, you know, and there's... there's uh, <laughs> it's like, I think we're getting Death's kid, too. And he says, you know, like, uh, is he playing tetherball by himself? And he's cheating? Like, in the hopscotch and all that <laughs> yeah. shit? And so, I, you know, like I'm like, oh, God, that's just the whole... The whole timber and meter of the the trailer, the second trailer especially, matches up with, the, you know, the, the former incarnations of what we've known. And so I feel like this has done well. And that was kind of confirmed. I know I'm kind of, I've kind of taken over. I'm just going yeah, crazy no, with yeah, this no part. Worries. Um, when I watched the Comic-Con stay at home. Yeah. Um, well, you were taking over because I haven't watched it all the way through that's yet. That's true. You have not. But spoil um, the shit out of it for me. Our, our Jesus Christ of pop culture... 
uh, uh, I almost said George Carlin, <laughs> our Jesus Christ of pop culture and Kevin Smith oh. moderated the panel that included the director. Um, uh, the girls? Yeah, Sol- Solomon Matheson, the uh, the girls who play um, the, the children of Bill and Ted. And then, of course, uh, William Sadler and then um, Alex Winter, Alex and, Winter and, and Keanu, Keanu Reeves, um, who's wearing my shirt, by the way. Yeah. Um, and Kevin dropped the spoiler right off the bat um, because he is he was such good friends with George. Yeah. Uh, he said, I was brought to tears. Because George makes an appearance. Yeah, luckily and it I, wasn't a full blown spoiler of like, yeah, this is what happens. Yeah, he didn't tell us what happens, but he says, he goes, I got done with this movie, and he goes, and I laughed through the whole thing, and he goes, and by the end of it, he goes, I'm a weepy little bitch, and he goes, I'm a weepy little bitch anyway. Yeah. But he goes, this movie was just so well done, like it's such a wrap up for this. It's amazing gonna be a love letter to the fans. It's, I think it is too, and it's, it's really, a love letter to the fans that were demanding a third one. I honestly think this is going to be the movie that saves 2020. Yeah. You know, there's so many things going on out there, and it's like, uh, you know, it, it's going to be the thing that reuni- reunites us at the drive-ins. I know it's going to be going to streaming and stuff, so you have that those people who don't want to leave the house, that's fine. Yeah. But, man, the drive-in. Good night. The fucking drive-in has really made such a, a resurgence, and I hope it continues long after COVID's over. I hope we get to see this brought back where families get out and do stuff, you know. And, um... And we can get out of our cars and have a block party while watching Absolutely, <laughs> where you brought out the lawn chairs and you sit down and you open up the trunk and you just dial in your radio to the station and just let it blast through there. Because it didn't matter how loud your radio is, the dude next to you is blaring the same fucking thing, yeah. so you're all just getting it in one big simulcast. And uh, I, I just, I cannot wait for this film. It's going to so, be amazing. And I'm sure we'll and, do um, a, a, a post. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, a, a post You know who's music. doing the, uh, I guess the, I'm going to call it the love song for the movie, but the, the big song for the movie is by Weezer this time around. Absolutely fantastic yeah. with that. I'm okay with that. The song that. is out. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. Because What's it called? I, I, I don't remember it off the top of my head, but also, too, I'm kind of not wanting to listen to it until the movie. Well, I'm curious because I've pre-ordered Weezer's new album, and it's called Van Weezer. Yeah. Which, and it has, like, the electricity and all of that stuff. You know what? It's called uh, Beginning of the End. Beginning of, Okay, so it's not. Um, the, the Van Weezer that's coming out, um, they've only released two songs off of it, but holy shit, how well they can emulate... Um, the Van Halen sound, but keep true are, are to the Are they doing Weezer. another kind of cover deal? Or? No, it's not. It's their own tunes, but done in the same stylings of the um, David Lee Roth era oh, cool. stuff. So far, the two songs that they have are very David Lee Rothish. Yeah. Van Halen of that like 1984 OU812 or um, 1984 and uh, yeah OU812 I think is kind of oh that's cool mixed in there. So it has a very. Uh, very classic So it kind of makes me wonder field. how the song is going to be for this soundtrack because of, like we talked about with the soundtracks of the past, it's it's going to be that big song. And like we kind of were discussing, I, I'm probably not going to listen to it until the movie, until the movie drops. Because I want that. I like that idea. Because it seems like it may that may be the song. I wonder if it is. Yeah. You know, I wonder if it is, you know, because there's, there's definitely moments on the, the stuff that we've posted on Nowhere California, some of the, uh, the tag pictures and things like that show Bill and Ted in their older age rocking yeah. their asses off and it looks like that may be them they just pick Finale. up the guitars and they just start going to town you know yeah, we and also see them roided up in prison too yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ted's got excellent written across <laughs> yeah. 
Looks so fucking funny. That's a story for another time. Yeah, I know. We'll, we'll have to <laughs> see where that. I want to see how many iterations they find of themselves oh, throughout God. time. Um, I saw one where Ted's wearing like a top hat and he's all like foppish and like hello. Oh, you know? wow. and so I'm like, what? It's kind of is a bully. That? Yeah. So I want to see exactly what what you know they do with that. Meanwhile, like I said, the kids are traveling back in time and, and that. Forming them. I personally think that. Um, I personally think that Kristen Shaw, oh, who plays awesome. Kelly, I think she might be Rufus's kid or grandkid. I can see it. I think that might be what's going on. Oh, because yeah. she immediately steps out in very similar Rufus colors yeah. and says, Greetings, my excellent friends. And I was like, oh, Maybe. I can see it. I, I'm hoping that, yeah. you know, that's kind of the tie into it. I mean I know it's I know it's a very obvious trope to go with. Yeah. But fuck it, dude. Yeah. It's you know, like you don't need to make things crazy and offbeat. Stick to what they did. These guys yeah. are the most lovable, kind hearted dudes that ever lived and they you know, they just wanna rock out together and they just wanna do right by their music, by their families, they wanna yeah. make each other proud, you know, and all that stuff and, and they're, they're, you know, side by side till the end. So I can't wait to see what they wind up doing with all of this. Kevin said he's already watched it, and it was just beautiful and a great way to bring this trilogy full circle. It deserves it. This is a trilogy that has been in the making for a very, 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 very fucking long time. I seriously cannot wait And for like this. you said before, this, this is probably going to be that right movie to give 2020 that right punch in the arm and be like, Oh, we're going to be good. <laughs> one of, in very Bill and Ted-ish fashion, one of uh, the posts that I recently saw, a meme, was, <laughs> I hope 2020 is like a mullet. Like, it was shitty at first, but it's just going to be a party on the back end. Oh, God. <laughs> we can only hope. <laughs> you know, fingers crossed. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but... Uh, we got a killer movie coming. We absolutely do. And we in will a few back. hours. Yes, <laughs> in, just, in just a few hours, we'll be recording our, uh, our post movie stuff and possibly a quick write-up um, as the movie ends we may do something uh, remotely like a, a quick post on Nowhere California yeah um, you'll just have to tune in and see but I guess until then this has been Nick and this has been Josh be excellent to each other and party on dudes hey everybody this is josh and this is one of those rare ps's to our episodes as we tried to get this out yesterday and editing just wasn't happening i'm finishing up the edit now and getting ready to post but i would be kicking myself if i didn't add this to it today marked the passing of chadwick boseman the man who for all of us nerds here played t'challa on the black panther movies and in Civil War, Infinity War, and Endgame. He passed away today, and we learned it was after a four-year battle with colon cancer. And that is probably the part of the news that was so stunning, that it was a four-year battle that not a lot of people knew about. And it left a lot of us speechless. But as I was regaining my thoughts on how to process what happened, there was one quote that repeatedly came to mind and that was from Stuart Scott the ESPN anchor who passed away a few years ago from cancer himself and here's the quote when you die it does not mean that you lose to cancer you beat cancer by the how you live 
why you live and the manner in which you live. And as you look back on his career uh, playing Jackie Robinson, James Brown, Thurgood Marshall, and all the roles he did, 21 Bridges, everything. And he did a lot of this stuff while receiving treatment and everything. And he lived the life and he became an inspiration to a lot of people. And in passing, he's going to become an inspiration to a lot more people because he lived his life. He did not let cancer dictate what he was doing with his life. He lived his life. He became an icon easily by becoming Black Panther and all the roles he's done. And right now, as the world mourns his passing, he'll become an icon because of the way he looked cancer in the eye and was basically like, fuck you, and lived his life. So to his family and his friends and his inner circle, our thoughts are with you. And thank you, Chadwick, for sharing your talents with the world. Please rest well, sir.